Welcome to the New Providence Presbyterian Church podcast, where we will share our messages from our weekend worship services. We hope these messages will inspire you and challenge you in your walk with Jesus. What are some characteristics and experiences of a good home? When you think about a good home, what comes to your heart and mind? What are some characteristics? What are some experiences? What are some images? I know for me, when I think of a good home, I think of a place where I feel loved and accepted. I mean, a good home is where I can be myself. I can take off all the layers, everything I may put out, whether on social media or in reality, just, just let it all down, just be myself. A good home is also a place where I know when I come back, I could just drop my stuff. Isn't it interesting, like every house has places where people just drop their stuff. Now, I don't want to cause marital fights here in terms of where things are placed or not placed because everything has a place. But the fact is, as you come home, you just drop your stuff, your keys, your bags, your, your coats, whatever. There's, it's your home. It's a place that's familiar. The smells are familiar. I know whenever I travel and I come back home, there's something about crawling back into my bed. It's home. Familiarity. But home is so much more than a place. Home is also a people, whether it's family or others, where you come back and there's others who are there and there's a life together. And a good home is a place where, yeah, you're loved, accepted, you can be yourself. In so many ways, I believe it's a picture of the church at its best. Now, the church is far from perfect, and we're one of many imperfect churches. Welcome to the imperfect church. But the goal is not to be imperfect. Our goal is to be loving and accepting and being a home. And when the church is at its best, it's a home. I've shared a little bit of my story. As a child with a disabled sister, lots of chaos at home, this church was home. It was a home for me. I'm looking at some of you who led my Sunday school classes in youth club. You loved me when at home I didn't feel lovable. And I came here and there was excitement, there was love, there was laughter, there was Jesus, there was prizes for memorizing Bible verses, there was good stuff. A little, sometimes there were food fights. Don't tell your kids. But the fact that there were good things that happened here and I was still loved and accepted. Church can be a place of love and acceptance and home. I think it's a wonderful picture of the church. And that's why our life together as a church family and as followers of Christ is essential. And that's our focus today. As we continue in our sermon series entitled, This is Essential. In review, we've been going through the core essential beliefs of the Christian faith with the goal of finding and discovering what's essential. Where can we find unity? We've considered that God's glory is essential. We've considered that God's word is essential. We've considered that knowing God and his Trinitarian nature is essential. We've considered how Jesus, knowing Jesus, is essential. We've considered how God's grace is essential. We've considered God's call last week is essential. And today we're considering how our life together is essential. It's essential. Because our call of God, we considered last week, when we consider the call of God as Jesus saying, come, follow me. It's really a call to come home. It's God saying, come home. Come to a good home. Come to me. As we just sang, into the everlasting arms of God. Come home. But that call is not just an individual call. And it can be a temptation in our individualistic world to think, oh, this call is between me and Jesus. The call of God, the call to come follow me, the call of Jesus to be with him, to become more like him, is not just an individual call. It's not an individual journey. It's a shared journey. We're on this together. The Christian life was never meant to be just a me and Jesus experience. It's to be us and Jesus together, especially as a local church family. So that's what we're going to focus on today. And to do that, we're going to look at the first a set of verses in the first chapter of the New Testament book of Ephesians. 
Ephesians, which was a letter that was written to a set of churches in the region of the ancient city of Ephesus. And this letter wasn't, it was unlike some other of the New Testament letters that were specific. This letter was a general letter written with truths about Jesus and specifically how God was creating a new spiritual family through Christ. And this letter was circulated throughout the region of Ephesus. And as it was circulated, people were reminded of the truths of Jesus. They heard the message of Jesus. And to do this, we're going to focus today on the message in chapter 1. And specifically, we're going to consider that in Christ, in Christ, we are home free as adopted children of God. Together in a new spiritual family with a new God-given purpose. Let me say it again. In Christ, we are home free as adopted children of God together in a new spiritual family with a new God-given purpose. And so we're going to see this come out of Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. And today we're going to look at it through a different lens. We're going to look at it through the message translation. Typically I read from the New International Version, but just to get a different angle on it, Eugene Peterson, who translated, he knew these original languages. He knew Hebrew, he knew Greek, he knew a lot of other languages. And he wanted to get to some of the raw raw language and raw descriptions of that time because the Greek wasn't high and lofty Greek. It was down to earth on the streets Greek. That's what the New Testament was written in. And so many ways he captures that flavor. So I want to read through Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, all the way through. And I invite you to let this just, just wash over you. Let it soak in the greatness of God, the blessings of God that are in this passage. And then we'll go and look at specific truths that come out of this passage that speak to our life together as being essential. So here from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. Paul writes this. How blessed is God, and what a blessing he is. He's the father of our master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. And what pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we are a free people free of penalties and punishments, chalked up by all of our misdeeds. And not just barely free either, abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him. Everything in the deepest heaven, everything on planet Earth. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. It's in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, this message of your salvation, found yourselves home free. 
home free. Signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This signet from God is the first installment on what's coming. A reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us. A praising and glorious life. There's all kinds of treasures in that passage. But towards the end in verse 13, Paul describes that because of Christ, those who believe, those who heard the message and believed are home free. Home free. I love that description. I love phrases and idioms and looking up the background. It's like, what does it mean to be home free? What does that really mean? We use that phrase. I use that phrase. What does it actually mean? It's interesting. uh, The American Heritage Dictionary of Idioms says this. To be home free is to be in a secure or comfortable position, especially because of being certain to succeed. For example, quote, once I meet the schedule, I'll be home free. Or, I think we have enough support for this measure. We're home free. Now listen to this. This expression probably alludes to safely reaching baseball's home plate, meaning one has scored a run. So home free. Interesting, right? The other way is uh, the Cambridge Dictionary. Another angle is to be certain to succeed at something because you have done the most difficult part of it. Well, here Paul says we're home free, not because we've succeeded, not because of what we've done. We're home free because of what Jesus has done. We can be home free. We can be adopted. We can come home. We can be free. We can be ourselves. We can relax. We can be home free in Christ. So we're looking at three truths out of this passage. Three aspects of in Christ we're home free. In Christ we are home free as adopted children of God. In Christ we are home free as brothers and sisters in a new spiritual family. And in Christ we're home free with a new God-given purpose. Let's jump through each of those starting with the first one. In Christ we are home free as God's adopted children. If you go back to verse 3, he begins with what I call a praise explosion. It's an explosion. He's like, how blessed is God and what, and what a blessing he is. And from that, I mean, Paul is fired up. I mean, he is fired up. I'm a little fired up, but he was really fired up. I mean, he was fired up. He's like, he's just, it's a, a praise explosion. And if you read those verses, just one after another, the verses just keep coming, all the blessings of Christ that flow out. And these blessings were with a purpose to bring together a new spiritual family. Breaking down all the barriers, all the walls between races, ethnicities, different between Jews and Gentiles. God came to explode that wall to bring together a new spiritual family in Christ. So Paul's fired up and there's a praise explosion in the beginning. And then he goes on to describe the fact that God is one who takes up us up to the high places of his blessing. And we see that as his adopted children. That God's made the way for us to be adopted into the family of God. This is an incredible truth, an incredible picture. And we see it in verses three through six, the fact that because of this, so we're no longer outsiders. We're no longer lost. We're no longer alone. And we're no longer abandoned. We're adopted. It's almost like you hear God saying, we're gonna do this. We're doing this. And we're going into an orphanage. Now, if you go into an orphanage full of babies and cribs, the babies don't jump out of the crib and say, take me home. They can't do that. They're babies. It has to be the parent or parents who say, we are adopting this child and bringing it home. That's what it is. We are just children, helpless. And God said, I love you so much. I see you. I notice you. I'm not going to overlook you. I'm not going to leave you abandoned alone. I'm going to come and adopt you. That's the story of scripture. That's the story of Jesus Christ coming to be with us. It's the story of a God like the ocean waves, his love, always coming towards us. He initiates. He comes towards us. 
He makes a way for us to be adopted. He says, come home with me. In essence, God says, it's taken care of. Everything's taken care of. Come home. You'll be home free with me as an adopted child. He continues in verses 7 through 10. He says, because of the sacrificial death of Jesus, we are free of all penalties and punishments. And with that, we're free of any fear that comes along with the penalties or punishments. And when you break a law when, when, and you're in, in, in trouble of being caught, there's a certain level of fear, hopefully, that comes with that. Now, full disclosure, this past week I was, went down to pick up some license plates and, with my daughter, and we were coming back to Garden State Parkway, coming along pretty quickly, coming up over a hill, coming down a hill, lost track of my speed. All of a sudden, I see to the left, there's a police officer in the median. I look down at my speedometer and say, oh, no. Oh, no. Yes, I said, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. My daughter's like, what's oh, no? I'm like, oh, no. And then I saw, I looked in the rearview mirror, and what did I see? He starts coming out. I'm like, oh. I'm like, great. My daughter's just passed her driver's test, and I'm sending the, and we're going to get pulled over right away. I'm like, you want to talk about humility? So we're driving along, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm, try, I'm trying not to bargain with God, but I'm like, please, God, no, please, God, no, please, God, no. I'll preach a better sermon. On, no, I didn't say that, but I'm like, his lights go on. Oh. And he pulls over the guy next to me. Oh. Mercy, mercy. But that feeling, if you've been there, you know what that's like. Your heart starts pounding. and I mean, it's embarrassing. My daughter's got her license, and I mean, I'm pulled over, right? And so the fear was there. It was legitimate fear. That, take that feeling. Wipe it out. Any fear of punishment or penalties that comes from disobeying God. God says, look, I'm wiping that away. I want to relate to you. I don't want you to be scared of me. When it says fear of the Lord, it means a healthy respect, not white terror of God. He says, I want to relate to you. He says, God got rid of that fear. He got rid of all the, he amazed he were free because we were free of all penalties and punishments as his adopted children. It's an incredible picture that the Christian faith puts forward of, who, of God's great love for us. So yes, in Christ, we are home free as his adopted children. Second, in Christ, we're home free as we're part of a new spiritual family with other brothers and sisters. So this is, again, not just a me and Jesus situation. This is not a me and Jesus journey. It's not just that. We also have one another. And when you're adopted into a family, you have new siblings with, a, with the same heavenly father. So look around the room. Welcome to family. Good, bad, and ugly. Look around the room. I mean, let's be honest, right? We're, we're all in need of some help. At least, maybe it's only me. Maybe you're all perfect. But the fact, we all need some help. But we're all in this together. We're in this together, and we've all been marked by the same Holy Spirit. In verse 13, it says, we're signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. Marked by Him. We've been given the supernatural, personal, powerful presence of God lives in us, and therefore, as a follower of Christ, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior, you've received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, that's common to all Christians. We are supernaturally connected, whether you like it or not. We are connected for now and for eternity. It's, also, it's an amazing thing that we are part of this team, part of this family together. So in Christ, we're home free as brothers and sisters in a new spiritual family. Number three, we're, in Christ, we're home free with a new God-given purpose. New God-given purpose. I love this description in verse 11. It says that it says we can, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. It's in Christ that we find out who we are, meaning our identity, and what, we're, what we live for, our purpose. So in Christ, we're given a new identity and a new purpose, and together we're given a God-given purpose. 
You know, our life together is essential. It's not just a me and Jesus journey. It's us together. And the Holy Spirit calls together specific people in a specific place, a specific time for a specific purpose. And he does that through the local church. Do you realize that? That we are a supernatural creation, New Providence Presbyterian Church. There's only one November 13, 2022 ever. And only on this date is this unique set of people here together connected to our church. And a month will be different. Some of you will move away. Others will leave the church, go visit other churches. I mean, it happens. People come in and out. But right now, here, we are a supernatural creation. God specifically calls together a unique set of people at a specific time and a specific place for a specific purpose. And that's one of my favorite questions to ask our elders and ask us as a church. Why us? Why, why are we put together? What's our purpose here on the corner of Passaic and Springfield Avenue? Since 1737, we've been sharing the hope of Jesus Christ. But what does that look like today? Once a church starts to ask that question, starts to figure it out, that's when church becomes fun. Yeah, did I say that church could actually be fun? Yes, church can be fun when you get on purpose and you start doing what God has called us to do. And when we start leaning in to our gifts, and I'm looking at Marianne and Marlene who put together Colleen's celebration. Can we give a, a round of applause for them? They don't want it. I have to go off script. I mean, they just, their gifts were on full display. Pulling that together, the celebration service, that dinner, it was unbelievably fantastic. And when the church comes together like that, it is unbelievable. And not just for us, but for our community and then to the ends of the earth. When people pull together, and pull together their gifts, what God has given to us, what we could bring, the light we could bring into this dark world is unfathomable. So God calls us together, right? In Christ, we're home free. We're home free, yes, as adopted children. Home free, yes, in a new spiritual family, but home free with a new God-given purpose. And it's up to us to figure out what that is together. That's why our life together is essential. It's essential. And so from the early pages of the Old Testament where God is seen as a covenant God, a God who initiates a covenant, which is a loving, binding agreement where he initiates, he provides for everything. And then his people respond. God says, I am your God and you will be my people. And when people respond and become a faithful covenant partner with God, that's when great things happen. And specifically, that's why God has called together the local church to step into that partnership together to not be off on our own, not just a me and Jesus trying to figure it out, but us together. And when we come together and encourage each other and yes, hold each other accountable, we can all grow in our faith. Right? Think about a tree. A tree it has to be planted in the ground and it has to put down roots in order to grow. It'd be silly to think about a free-floating tree that's, that's trying to grow. It's not gonna grow if it's just floating around. It has to be planted and put down roots. That's a picture of what I believe it means to become a member of a local church. That God invites us, calls us, and, 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 and challenges us to say, I want to take that step to become a member of a church. Not to be just floating around and hoping for the best, but to put down roots with a local family and saying, I'm all in. I'm all in. Not about New Providence Presbyterian Church, but about God's work in and through a local church, which happens to be New Providence Presbyterian Church. And so as we complete this message, I just want to, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least bring up the fact that for all of us, um, my ask of all of us is to consider what it means for us to put down roots or put down roots again with our church. And what that looks like, whether if you're not a member, to consider what it means to become a member. Um, and if you, if you are a member, to deepen those relationships and find a role in the future. So one thing to remember from this sermon is this. In Christ, in Christ, remember, we are home free. As adopted children of God, right, together in a new spiritual family, 
with a new God-given purpose. And the one thing to do is that is to consider committing or recommitting to New Providence Presbyterian Church as your spiritual home. Right? Come home, make this your home. And not just to receive, but to give. And in the midst of that life together, to experience the joy of Christ together. To make it your spiritual home and take the next step towards putting down roots or reestablishing them in the weeks and even months ahead. Our life together is essential. God's calling us to it. Uh, may we listen and follow him as we do. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father in heaven, as we've considered these truths out of Ephesians 1 today, thank you for your great love for us. God, help us to consider what this all means, Lord. What does it mean for us to be your adopted child in a new spiritual family and for us to have a new God-given purpose, not just individually, but together, together as a local church. So I pray for each person who's heard this message. God, you would help them take their next step, whether it's putting down roots with us as your promised Presbyterian church, considering becoming a member, especially as we have the next new members class in, in January. And if already a member, Lord, considering what it means to deepen those ties here so we could all grow, we could all experience the joy of Christ, and we could share that hope wherever we go. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.